0: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started have a listen to this have a listen to this
1: interest rates are higher i know people don't like that but you should be welcoming a stronger economy.
2: Maybe a deal has a point about the machinery of capitalism being oiled with the blood of the workers. The United
1: States is a country that has always paid all of its bills.
2: Lannister always pays his debts. Don't let the bastards get you. Welcome to Comedian vs Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist Thomas. Hi Thomas. Yeah,
1: g'day Adam. How are you going?
2: Uh, going good, Thomas. We have a winner. I believe we have a winner in the hat competition, the much talked about, uh, I think it broke the internet as they say, everyone's talking about who can guess all the names of the people in the intro. And to be honest, in keeping with the shambolic nature of said competition where people had the chance to win one of my old hats, (laughs) uh, we've had multiple entries this week, I'm pleased to report. But... I don't think anyone got them exactly correct, but here's the thing is that I went back to find the first voice. If you just heard the intro, you would have heard the first voice that says, have a listen to this, have a listen to this. And I went back to confirm who it was and because that was one of the ones from the original intro that we did pre the refresh, right, I can't find it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I think think it was actually Paul Keating. I'm like 99% sure it was Paul Keating. But we had a couple of correct entries if you omit that one because they both didn't say Paul Keating. So shout-out to Daniel who came in first. Daniel in South Dakota, USA though, which unfortunately, Daniel, I'm going to need you to get to my place to pick it up because I can't afford shipping to the United States. Daniel from South Dakota, uh, he he's went with Scott Morrison with the Have a Listen to This, which I'm pretty, I'm like 100% sure it's not Scott Morrison. But then Alan came in, Alan uh, from somewhere in the galaxy, no, sorry. He said, "Sent from my galaxy." The bottom. Um, he said it was Peter Costello, which then I was like, "Ooh, right era." So probably it could have been. It's more likely that than Scott Morrison, that's for sure. But I can still mostly, probably seventy percent, say it's not Peter Costello. Anyway, we're getting we're getting way out of it. So so I think we have to award the hat here to Alan. But shout-outs and much respect to Daniel from South Dakota, USA. In fact, shout-out to everyone listening uh, stateside. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, For those of you playing at home, uh, it was, in fact, Paul Keating. Have a listen to this. Philip Lowe, who said uh, interest rates are higher and you're just going to
1: have to get used to it. You should be happy that the economy is stronger. Yeah, I don't
2: listen to it. Um, (laughs) Homer Simpson, uh, capitalism. Uh, Janet Yellen, who said it was the U.S. that always pays its bills. Tyrion Lannister, of course, said a Lannister always pays his debts. There was always a clue in that one. Uh, And finally it was Christine Lagarde uh, who said don't let the bastards get you. So uh, thank you for playing along. Um, Daniel, if you do want a hat, I've got lots of hats. I've got more hats than Scott Morrison. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, I'm sure we can find something for you if you can uh, just flick us a note <laughs> um, and we'll see what we can work out. So thank you all for playing. I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of glad that competition's over. <laughs> uh, hey, if you're listening to the show and you haven't subscribed to this show, make sure you do that. Uh, in fact, while you're listening, why not? Uh, that way you'll never miss an episode. You'll be sure to get it when it's fresh. Uh, but, Thomas, we've got a massive show coming up. The banks. Oh, we're back in the back in the zoo again. Of course, Um, the banks are finding out their buffers weren't big enough. Does that mean just no more Netflix for them, or problems for you? Uh, One of our listeners sent through a cracking plan to tackle rising interest rates. We'll hear from old Thomas Nostradamus as to why it won't work. Um, We've analysed the best vessel to hold drinks in. The results are in and we can't keep it bottled up any longer. I bet you can not wait to find out. But first, we've got Wendy, self-confessed Kmart tragic and unapologetic consumer, up against Tony, high-flying CEO and business boss. Thomas, it's all about mindset. Who's more confident at the moment, consumers or business? (laughs) Oh,
1: it's so unnecessarily contrived. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Sorry, uh, even as I was writing it, I was like this is dumb. <laughs> so we'll keep behind the curtain. Thomas gives me a few topics that we're going to cover off each week and I'm like, yep yeah. and, and this one was top was titled "Consumers Consumer versus Business Confidence. Um, so I just characterized it a little bit. a bit a bit of, <laughs> bit of zing because yeah, <laughs> if no. I just said, all right, Thomas, let's talk about consumer versus business confidence. People would tune out straight away. They'd turn off. No, that's fascinating. Now they want to find out who's going <laughs> to win the fight, Wendy or Tony. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. So, I
1: mean, it's interesting week of data for the Wendy. <laughs>
2: they're turning off already. Uh, I set them up yeah. and you bring out interesting yeah. week of data.
1: Okay, so Tony had a big week <laughs> this week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> it is. He is pumped. Tony Excellent. is pumped.
2: All right. Tony, you
1: know what happened to Tony, actually? Let's Tony start his, with Tony. had his biggest rebound in January in his confidence levels as measured by the Roy Morgan Business Confidence Index. Is
2: that right?
1: Yeah, Tony had his biggest January rebound on record. Mm-hmm. Jumped up 10.4%. Um, wow. He's very optimistic about economic conditions and profitability. He then went over to the NAB's business survey mm. and also rebounded there, uh, jumped up. Um, and we're now back at boom boom time conditions based on NAB's business survey. Tony's right. looking as good as he's ever looked, really, apart, apart from the, the immediate rebound out of COVID, which... Tony as you remember did very well
2: it's um, <laughs> <He was> flying
1: it's <laughs> we're, yeah we're, we're kind of we've come off a little from where we were at the end of the year but we're still pumping along um, trading and profitability are back to boom levels forward orders are very strong employment is coming off a little bit but doesn't, on the doesn't whole, this
2: fly in the face of all the other rhetoric that we've been hearing though about interest rates going up and and layoffs happening in the states and yeah it oh, just seems like, well, I don't know, I don't understand what, there seems like a disconnect there between why Tony and the business community are so happy. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is right. This, it is It is a little,
1: it's interesting. And, and as you're saying, that when Wendy's, she's not loving it. Not happy. Yeah. Not happy, Wendy. Yeah, no. So the ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence Index fell last week to its lowest level since April 2020. Yeah. So you remember casting mind back to April 2020, we all thought we were going to die. Mm. Wendy's back there. Oh no! In terms of her uh, confidence levels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't. So I don't get what I don't get is Mm. why is why is Tony so happy if Wendy's so miserable? Like, doesn't Tony need Wendy? Maybe we should drop this (laughs) laboured. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it's helping. but
1: no, I, I mean it's right. like you, you can't think that this this can continue. Mm. I mean it does seem like some of the, some of the rebound in the NAB survey was driven by the uh, China reopening story. so a lot of it was um, the resources sector was pretty big, so that seemed to drive some of it. but even even with that, things mm. are still pretty robust and pretty happy. Um, I think but you know basically the, the economy is still quite strong um unemployment's very low growth is kind of kicking along for now business conditions aren't bad and businesses aren't feeling the glums. you cast over to the consumers consumers have just been belted with rate hikes and mm. that's why they're, that's why they're pretty devo and that that's really what they're responding to they like rate hikes as much as plagues apparently
2: as <laughs> <That's> pandemics yeah <laughs>
1: right. so
2: yeah so so that's but rate hikes hit business too don't they like or not as much? Th- not
1: as much you would think. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. So. I mean, I don't really know how to compare those two exactly, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought so. I would. Mm. You know, because I mean, it's different households. So it's really hard to, to compare. But for the you know yeah.
2: <laughs> Tony and Wendy's house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah. For, no, but I mean, for your for your representative household, mm. mortgage repayments are a big chunk of the the uh, the, the weekly budget. Mm. capital costs are not oh I, I don't I don't have hard data on that but I imagine are a much smaller percentage of mm. expenses for a business so yeah so yeah I don't know but I mean they're seeing that they're seeing that in the Ford orders the Ford orders is interesting so that's that's holding up so like it's not that they're they've got a good vibe about the future they're seeing it right now in their order flow mm. and they're doing pretty well but but we will start to see the customers that are sorry, the businesses like the, B2C, the B two C, the B, business to consumers. They're going to have to they're going to have to see some sort of pullback. We saw that we got, got some reporting season. So JB Hi-Fi, I think last week, saying that yeah, they're noticing customers are being more cautious than they were this time last year. January sales grew just two and a half percent. Yeah, mm. JB Hi-Fi in January were flat at the good guys. Yeah, so we are, I think we, are, I will, we will see those consumers, I think particularly consumer discretionary, like you look at essentials like grocery prices are up 10%. Mm. So you've got, you've got rate hikes rising, you've got the essential prices rising. Both of those are eating into what would normally go to discretionary consumer spending, which is where, you know, that's your JB Hi-Fi. Mm. Businesses in that space are going to have to see some softness going forward. You, you can't have consumers being that pessimistic and that not having an impact on consumer discretionary I just can't see that happening. Mm. For the rest of the economy, businesses are still looking pretty pretty they're, they're pretty happy.
2: All right, Tom, so apparently half of all loans have breached their buffers. What are we talking about with buffers?
1: Yeah, so we we got we got an update from Westpac last week. I don't know if you've heard of Westpac. They're a fintech specializing <laughs> oh, yeah. in vintage banking services. Yeah. <laughs> they had this interesting stat that half of their loan book Mm. almost half, 45%, is at, at the point of breaching their buffers. So when banks assess a serviceability for a mortgage, they put a buffer, there's a buffer there. So they take the current interest rates that they're offering and yep. then they add a buffer, which was about 3%. Yep. So you know, if interest rates were 2%, they're assessing you at 5% and they're looking at your finances and your bank statements and going, can you afford a mortgage at 5%? Right. So that's, that's the buffer. It was quite interesting because we used to have, before COVID, we had a 2% buffer, hmm. but we also had a 7% floor. So it was, whichever was greater, the banks had to assess you at. So it was either oh, current right. rates plus 2%, yep. or it was a 7% floor.
2: Right. So you always had to be able to afford a 7% mortgage, regardless of what the rate was. At least. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. But then when COVID came, they did away with the minimum floor. And it kind of made sense at the time because interest rates were at 2%. So mm. you're effectively making the buffer 5%, which seemed, you know, potentially unnecessary, mm. but in hindsight, maybe not such a great move. Mm. They scrapped the 7% floor and then just had a 2 2.5% two buffer and then increased that to a 3% buffer. So that's what we've got now. And that's what right. the banks are looking at your, when they're doing your serviceability. But the thing is we've just had over 300 basis points of interest rate hikes. So we've now had for some, for some borrowers who were assessed at around 2% because that's what the market rate was back in 2019 and um, 2020. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, post-COVID, mm. um, it was around 2%. So plus 3% gives you 5%. But we've just had that 3% given to us from the RBA so we've now blowing through that buffer. So what you've got now is you've got borrowers who could afford five percent when they got their loan in 2021. Yeah, are now looking at an interest rate that's that's higher than what they were assessed on.
2: Yeah, right. Because the banks were like, "Ah, oh, there's no way it's going to go up three percent anytime soon." <laughs> yeah, and Phil Lowe was all, "Hold my beer." <laughs> 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 and, and then whack, 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 and here mm. we are. But yeah. this is a result of the fastest kind of rate rise or rate, whatever you call it in economic terms in history, isn't it? Mm. Mm.
1: Um, mm.
2: So now we've, we've breached the hold. We've breached our buffers.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So to guess what um, ANZ's Shane Elliott, Elliott was saying, that, yeah, the, the, the lowest rate they ever gave anyone was 1.94% right. on a fixed rate. Um, we assumed rates would go up to 525 um, we're about where we're, we're at that now. So we're at a very difficult pivot point going forward. So if rates keep going up, we're now looking at, more, you know, that's more than what some borrowers were assessed on.
3: Right. But what,
1: what I found really interesting was that it's for, for Westpac, it's 45% of their, of their loan book.
2: Yeah, wow. So,
1: so like, like I enough. would imagine, you know, Westpac, big name, there's a lot of people. I would imagine there's quite a few people. At you know the majority with Westpac have had their mortgage for five, ten, fifteen years or something. Yeah. But forty five percent had had it between twenty 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 between twenty twenty and now.
2: I oh, so is that what they're saying? Like it's it's forty five percent of their what? So forty five percent of their loan book they took on in mm. the last two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Since COVID. Wow. Well, so between August 2019 and June 2022, so 2022, so a bit about that. So this
2: wouldn't is Westpac the only one? I mean, this would be this should this should be kind of reflective across the board, right?
1: I I would expect so. I would expect so. I I haven't seen this stat reflected for the other banks. Mm. Um, We haven't heard from all of them yet. I don't think, but um, yeah, yeah, right. I I would imagine that's representative, and it probably talks to a bit of churn in the mortgage market. So people shopping around, moving shopping, rates Well, more. I'm doing
2: that right now. I've started mm. started having another look at, at lenders because I think that it's competitive as well. Like Some some mm. of them are offering deals and cash back and
1: Qantas yeah.
2: are giving you 100,000 points and all sorts of things to, to factor in. Yeah, um,
1: I, got, I refinanced the other day. got $3,000 cash back.
2: Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, good yeah. on you. Yeah.
1: Paying, paying 7% though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's interesting and like I think it's interesting because like you know the question is the quality of the loan book and this is this, this is what blew up in the in the GFC global mm. financial crisis in America is that people realize that the loan book for the for the big banks was rubbish and it had all these dodgy you know bad debts on their
2: on their hands. It doesn't mean though necessarily that people are in mortgage stress yet you know like it's just that they're it's just like it's all numbers on a page at the moment potentially mm. where they say well we assessed them at this much and yeah. we gave them yeah. a loan we had a buffer of this much just because it's now beyond that buffer it doesn't necessarily mean they can't make their repayments
1: no 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 that's that's right that's right and and there there are options there's always options that the banks can do like you you can move on to interest only if you're on a principal and in interest Right. Mortgage, for example, then you can take a bit of a breather and just hang out on interest only or you can extend the loan term mm. and that reduces your, your weekly payments. So there's the, the still options. We're definitely not in, you know, danger territory right. here yet and they're definitely, you know, but we, the banks are provisioning more against bad debts. Mm. So that that's starting to happen, um, you know, and if it goes on for a long time then it might become a problem but it's, yeah, but I just thought it was just really interesting that it's that much of the loan book is that recent, so it does mean like what happens in the here and now
2: can have a big impact on a
1: on a big mm. bank like Westpac potentially.
2: Yeah, right. Another option, of course, is you could join the class action against Philip Lowe for <laughs> <laughs> false advertising when he said interest rates wouldn't rise <laughs> before 2024. Um, yeah. That's another way maybe you could <laughs> you could talk to your bank about pausing your repayments <laughs> pending an outcome of this <laughs> class action for which you've joined the Facebook group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People for people against people for Philip Lowe or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, I heard he's retiring at the end of the year. Oh. Yeah, he's t- his term's up. I think mm. he's done
1: his full his full stint. It's going to be a sad. Day.
2: Mm. Mm. We've had lots of fun with Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break here. Uh, we'll be back with more comedian versus economist right after this. <laughs>
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash achieve today.
2: Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. And if you're enjoying the show and you like what we're doing here and across Equity Mates Media, then we would love it if you took some time to fill out the Equity Mates community survey. Uh really helps us understand what you enjoy what you don't enjoy uh, helps us kind of tailor some of the content that we do on this show and right across equity mates media um, so yeah get on to equitymates.com uh, you'll find a link to the survey there you can uh, go into the draw for a chance to win 500 dollars as well as tickets to finfest happening again this year so uh, head over to equitymates.com for all of the details thomas Uh, We got a really interesting email this week from Zane and Zane sent us an email, cve at equitymates.com and I'm going to read the whole email because uh, I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice if I don't. I heard an interesting idea this week that I wanted an economist to help uh, explain why it wouldn't work Uh, and it's one of those things that just sounds like a good idea. Uh, If the reasoning behind interest rate rises is the blunt hammer to slow people's spending because borrowed money is expensive, would it be better for the people out here who have borrowed to buy homes if there was a way the Reserve Bank could make the repayments increase the same as they would if the interest rates rose but that amount was paid off the principal of the loans? This has two positive effects. The borrowers still feel the same effect with higher payments required out of their pocket and two, the longer it goes on, the healthier the bank's loan book looks because their LVR uh, ratios all improve. So he's saying interest rate increases means the banks make more repayments, increases borrowers get safer over time. Sounds great. What's the reasoning why this would never work? So my understanding is essentially what he's saying is we're going to raise rates or the kind of the rate of repayment that people have to come up with, but not actually raise the rate underneath so they just have to pay more which curbs spending but in the same way that raising rates would but without the penalty like without being punished and so you still you actually end up paying a lot more off your loan you pay it off quicker so is, is that kind of the idea is yeah i think you so summarize that well
1: no but no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's a ballpark it good. yeah no i think i think i think that's the i haven't heard this idea before but it's an interesting one could it work there's two parts to that. Like, is it, is it possible? Um, yeah. And I think the, the short answer to that is that everything in economics is possible. Everything in the economy is a construct. We've just made, up, made it up. Mm-hmm. There's no natural laws. We can really do whatever we want. Yep. So the, so the really question is, do, do we want to do it? Every choice has consequences. So do we, do we mm-hmm. want to
2: deal with those consequences? Like choosing to record a podcast with the door open means you have geckos, for example. These are some of the consequences that we live with. (laughs) No, all the windows are shut. This guy's got got really noisy geckos. Right, yeah, okay, so it's all made up.
1: Yeah, yeah, so you you could do it. And I could imagine there is some mechanism. It would probably go through APRA Mm. that means there's some kind of special levy that needs to be paid and gets, you know, can go up and down or can become negative Positive and and sh- you know they could they could use that as a lever. I could could imagine something like that. Hmm. And on the face of it, I think it could work because we are trying to to slow consumer spending.
2: Aren't we just trying to then control? Like my my problem with this argument with this model is that I don't want to be told what to do with my money. Like you're kind of saying, well, you're forcing the repayments to go up. Like you're just making it feel painful without it actually being painful. But mm. but then I'm just like, well, then don't do it. Like I don't, I don't want the pain. You know, you know like I, mm. I feel like that's like a. I guess it's a bit like super. You have to pay super.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you don't feel about that about interest rates going up. Interest rates are going up right now, and it's just like, wow, this is just money out of my
0: oh, out of my
1: account just because someone's decided.
2: Yeah, but I, I'm I'm on team Phil, and i believe in his vision to, to curb <laughs> inflation. <laughs> no i guess that's right i don't i don't really understand maybe it's not maybe it's the wrong approach. Um, as you say it's all made up like he's just making up or the rba is just making up interest rates they're making them go mm. higher just cost, yeah. Um, yeah. well with a plan obviously. It's but.
1: interesting like the reason why we have interest rates is because it affects everyone mm. and there's sort of there's sort of a, a fairness di- dimension to it to some extent that you know if we if we raise interest rates that increases home loan rates so that affects households but b- business capital costs go up as well so mm. they're sharing some of the burden they're slowing some of their activity and re- and really like you meant, the, the official cash rate which is what the rba sets that's of really a benchmark rate for every interest rate through the economy and the reason why we had such an epic share price boom coming out of covid when interest rates hit the floor is because the cost of capital all through the system fell to effectively zero mm. um or close to it and so it so it's not just like we we focus a lot on households because you know we get the idea of a mortgage holder and everyone either has a mortgage or knows someone who has a mortgage and so it makes good front page news mm. but it's it's not we're not specifically trying to target mortgage holders you know Explicitly, that's not the goal to sort of punish mortgage holders, and it would it would be a bit weird to sort of single out mortgage holders. Really, what you're doing is saying, like, okay, we're we just going to increase the cost of capital f- for the entire economy, mm. and mortgage holders are just one group that's going to feel that that impact.
2: But they, I guess, and but they're the group that feels it probably more than most. You know, like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably
2: can't wear, you can't wear, you can't write off your losses. <laughs> as, yeah, a, yeah. as a household, you go, oh, I had some, some bad debts this year. <laughs> 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 we'll just write those off. What? No, you can't have my house. <laughs> we're still running an operation here. We're still running, still, this, is where we, this is where we run swimming and netball and all sorts from, this is, this is central central operations.
1: Yeah. I mean the, 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 there is an interesting point in in the sense of like we, you work the interest rate lever, you get a big impact out of the house, out of mortgage holders because it it's a big chunk of their, their weekly budgets and so it does have a big effect on spending. But that's not true for wealthy households. For wealthy households, their mortgage repayments are very tend to be a very small proportion of their budget and When interest rates go up, it doesn 't have a big impact on their con, on their consumption because right. they have quite low propen, marginal propensities to consume um, because they 're quite wealthy and they just buy what they want and if there 's more money left over, then they just invest it mm. you know like a very broad brush brush picture. In a way, the the, sort of the weird thing about interest rates and using interest rates as a lever is the people who are most responsive to interest rates are lower income people, right? Because they really feel it. You know, it cuts back on their spending. It it wipes out their discretionary spending, and then in worst case scenario, gets into their essentials. They they cut back on essentials. Mm. That's not happening for higher income people, and so we're you know they're kind of. At the at the extreme, wealthier people are sort of immune to interest rates. All it all that changes is is the course of their investments and their wealth creation. Mm. It's not changing their day-to-day spending. And so if we're trying to if we're trying to cut back slow spending, then we're really putting all of that burden on lower income people.
2: Mm, and we're
1: asking asking them to shoulder that burden. And when rates go down, it's sort of the other story. We're trying to, you know, induce due spending and, and people mm. lower income people have a higher propensity to consume when they get free, more disposable income, but we're really trying to steer the entire economy on a rudder built out of poor people.
2: Mm. Effectively, that's a bit weird. So, what's the alternative then? If if interest rates is a pretty terrible lever as you just described, what's the what's the alternatives? I don't
1: know. I don't know that there is. And and the the, the inequality dimension to it is that one of the one of the benefits of being wealthy is that you don't care what the government does you don't care what happens to interest rates it's not going to break you mm. you the what happens with the tax rates doesn't have have a huge impact on you. You get to live the life you want and it sort of changes how much is left over at the end of the day, but it doesn't really impact your your day to day decisions you're not you're not thinking about it mm. and so it's the unfortunate situation that anything that's going to that's going to cause wealthy people to change their their behavior their spending behavior is going to wipe out poor people mm. like it's anything that big is going to have an intense impact on on poorer people
2: but couldn't we just tax rich people like could, could...
1: in theory <laughs> 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 yeah But, but like, again, like, what are you going to do? Like, they're not going to really, you know, you increase their income tax rate five basis points or something. It's not going to have a big impact on their, on their spending decisions because it doesn't, not not a, not a, not enough to sort of shift the whole trajectory of the economy.
2: But well, could but if you tax them enough, like everyone's got a threshold. Like- sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We could set up, sixty percent Phil- marginal tax rate if you earn uh, you know. Yeah. But we'll I don't know. move, like move you had- Phil
1: Low over to the ATO, <laughs> and you're just like monthly board meetings at the ATO. By oh, yeah. marginal tax rates going up to fifty five percent this month, inflation's yeah. getting out of hand.
2: There must be something we can do to curb spending of wealthy households. Surely, we lock them up. <laughs> 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 You're only allowed out on Tuesdays and <laughs> Thursdays. If you weren't over, if you earn over. $300,000 a year and your number plate ends in an even number, you can go shopping <laughs> on Wednesdays. <laughs> like, you know, we curb yeah. water usage. <laughs> when we had the, yeah. the droughts, everyone, everyone bought in.
1: Um, mm. Yeah, look, all things are possible in economics. Yeah. You know, maybe something a bit Stalinist like that <laughs> might, <laughs> might fly. I wouldn't. But I'm not imagining we're going to see well, something Well, the trouble is like you've got online often.
2: shopping now. This is a, yeah. Oh. Locking people up, doesn't Which
1: people have found a <laughs> way again.
2: With their internet. They've probably got like the top plan. They're getting, <laughs> they're getting <laughs> 256 meg download. <laughs> <laughs> they're spending faster than their page will render. <laughs> Who do we go to? Is there a section of the, of the economic community where we go to for answers or is it all just... Th-
1: no, that's not <laughs> something we really do. No,
2: we don't. I'll have a think about it. I'll have a think. I'll ask around. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll crunch some numbers for you. i tell you, we'll crunch some numbers and find out if we've got any answers. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I can't really think of something that where you don't lean on poorer people. And it's just simply because poorer people are more responsive to broad policy things. So unless you, you know, specifically go out and slash the tires of BMWs or something. like.
2: <laughs> Not financial advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, l- let us know if you've got any ideas about how we can shift the trajectory of the economy mm. without leaning heavily on poorer people. I'd love to
2: hear <laughs> or, it. Or slashing the tires of the rich. <laughs> All right, Thomas, uh, to finish you off this week, finally we've got some good news. What is it?
1: Hmm. Oh, you know we love an Aussie Battler here at Comedian versus Economist. We sure do. Yeah. So some good news story for Aurora, which O R O R A. Aussie company, uh, listed on the ASX. Um, shares pumped last week, up fourteen point five percent on Wednesday, I think it was, and then Finn closed the week about twenty percent higher. All right. So yeah, pumping along. They had they reported their results, announced the increase in net profit after tax. Hmm. The six months ended December 31. The other other big thing is they announced that in the last three years they've added 200 customers. Oh, so so I didn't say you should say.
2: (laughs) They must have some sweet margins. (laughs) 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 Because I'm conscious we haven't told people what they do yet. Yeah. (laughs) So they've just got this company and they've added 200 customers. That's like, that's a stall at the markets. (laughs) <laughs> what does Aurora Sorry. do?
1: Uh, they make beads and dream patches,
2: <laughs> <laughs> healing crystals. No, mm. yeah, they're they're
1: a um, they're a, a beer can maker, ah. wine bottle, yeah, alcoholic bottles, beer cans, that kind of business.
2: Still, two hundred customers is not a lot. No, but I think they're big volumes. Like you right. know, it's it's so they sell to like I don't know, Forex or someone, something like that. Yeah, other breweries
1: or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, something like that, so and get- so, so yeah, so I think two hundred customers is is quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So they've been pumping along. Their volumes are up ten percent over the six months to December. So they sell. Well, yeah, they just make the cans and the bottles for right. for yeah for.
2: This doesn't yeah, seem like a new idea. <laughs> 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 this peckish cheeky young startup came along and said, "You know what." <laughs> We're going to make cans and bottles, and we're going to put drinks in them. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, no. What? What? They, what? You mean no more drinking sacks?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get rid of your deer i <laughs> got a can.
2: Uh, put yeah. down your mead. Right.
1: Yeah. No, but they're, they're, what they're saying is that they've really, they got ahead of the curve with small cans. Um, so there's saying there's been a big shift towards 250 mil cans,
2: uh, particularly
1: for soft drinks but also for, also for seltzers, pre-mixed spirits and craft beers are even going in the smaller. Uh,
2: I've noticed that. I've noticed that cans. The, the, the beer can has got smaller.
1: Mm, mm.
2: I, felt, I thought it was just um, shrinkflation. I thought it was yeah. the whole the, the packets of chips when they went from 50 grams to 45 to 40 or whatever and we all just had to cop it because mm. of, of inflation. So I, I didn't realise that what is there another reason that
1: small cans are good? Well, <laughs> this is how it got reported in, in the AFR, I think, mm. saying like it's um, that... Yeah, these small cans are lighter and more convenient for millennials in Generation Z. <laughs> so, I just feel I just, like, it's like...
2: Well, they don't want to lift heavy cans. Yeah. <laughs> Soft well, millennials, I mean. <laughs> Man, that's, this, is, this is a result meals. of 24 by 7 gyms. People are people are going to the gym more. Like back in my day, the only bicep curls you did was with a with <laughs> <the> heavy can. <laughs> You <laughs> couldn't get to the gym at night time,
1: you sat around and drank. <laughs> but I, I, I reckon this is like, you know, like with the tiny home movement, movement mm. in quotation marks. Yeah. Like they said like, oh, yeah, millennials just prefer prefer the minimalist lifestyle. And it's like, mm. no, they're living in caravans because the housing market has so fundamentally failed them that they can't afford homes.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. And so I kind of feel like is this just us going like, oh, yeah, millennials prefer less beer. more Mm. and we're
2: giving it to them because the six-pack is is shrunk as well it's no longer a six-pack it's a four-pack now all right it's a four-pack of small cans (laughs) before you know it we're just gonna get get a carton It's gonna have one beer in it we'll be like oh this is what it is now (laughs) Um,
1: yeah Yeah, so i reckon it is a bit of shrinkflation i reckon it's yeah, right. Firms getting away with offering a bit more.
2: I also uh, heard that they like the the ability to decorate a can. It's far it's far like there's a shift towards cans over bottles too. So not only are we sort of shrinking, we're not just shrinking cans. We're getting rid of bottles, moving away from bottles. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I don't,
1: I don't know about that on a on a whole level, but definitely is saying that they're saying like huge demand for cans. It's all about the cans now. Right. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Maybe it's like an Instagram thing. Like the ability to decorate a can is, is important. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean, decorate a can? Like, put pictures on the can. It's easier to do it on a can than it is to, to decorate a bottle. Like when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> when you get home. <laughs> no, for the people who are making the drinks.
1: Oh, Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Is it?
2: I don't know. Apparently. I don't know. I said. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, there you go. But I don't, I don't know. It just didn't never. It was never. It was never a consideration for me when. when it, I don't drink a lot anymore. But when I used to, it was never a consideration what what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> it was very yeah. much about what was inside. And I don't know if this is a this is a part of the Instagram generation where, you know, the same reason that we have we have mirrors in the headphone section at JB Hi-Fi now, right? I never.
1: Oh right! I never Ooh, worried. Yeah, right.
2: Wow! <laughs> I never worried a great deal about what my headphones looked like. <laughs> wow! <Yeah. laughs> when I was listening to music, I just I was all just because I wanted to listen to music. Yeah um, right. But I guess also we just we just again we just assumed that. The headphones looked ridiculous because <laughs> they did back in the day, those wide things with the little, little foam.
1: You no, know, the other interesting things that I saw here, so Endeavor Group's CEO, Steve Donahue, who Endeavor Group do Dan Murphy's and BWS, mm. they're saying their fastest-growing product is the Suntory 196, a right. premixed spirit made from vodka, soda, lemon, and a fermented liquor called
2: shochu. Yeah, good. That's good. If <laughs> people are worried about ChatGPT and <laughs> it's going to take all these jobs, I don't even know what a drink is anymore. Like there's shochu, kombucha, <laughs> seltzer, people are drinking seltzer. So like, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I, I'm now feeling old. I'm officially feeling old. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what Suntory 196 is. No. I mean it vodka doesn't,
1: and liquor, oh, it sounds terrible. Mm. Uh, tune tune in next week for more old men complaining about (laughs)
2: booze all right let's leave it there thank you so much for tuning in we would love it if you went uh, left us a rating and a review wherever you get the podcast uh also don't forget about the equity mates survey it's your chance to have your opinion on what we do here and right across equity mates media thank you once again yeah tuning in and we look forward to talking to you again next time bye for now